0: Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. It is so great to be here on this December day. It's December 4th. I can't believe it. Um... We have a great guest for you today, but before we bring him on, I just want to tell you something that's very interesting that happened, and it's made, I don't know, very interesting. You know, life has all kinds of interesting things that happen, but as many of you know, I, I uh, used to tramp, and tramping here in Israel is something we do. It's it's hitchhiking, okay? And um, I used to hitchhike. Sometimes I do hitchhike, and I pick up hitchhikers as well. They're called tramp esteem, okay? Tremp, tramp, T-R-E-M-P is the word. Um, I think it's actually like a mixture of I don't know, Hebrew and German, I'm not sure. But I picked up a uh, tramp the other day, a boy, a student, and I took him to his stop. And when he got out, I told him, You can tell the other people that I'm going to Jerusalem. So if anyone needs to come, they can get in my car. I, held, I saw two girls standing there. So I was referring to those two girls, but they were not interested. And this um, boy told um, everyone else at the station, I saw an older woman who meekly came over to my car and I, and I motioned her to get in. I told her to get in. She gets in the car, she closes the door. She's meek, meaning she's not an old woman, but she, you know, she's holding herself in this way with her head down and all kind of like, you know, crouched over. And she said to me in a low voice, um, in English, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, she said, uh, what do you do? Okay. Now this is weird. I don't know the woman. You know, it's not how you start a conversation. So I thought I, mis- I misunderstood her. I thought I didn't hear her. I thought she said, um, where are you going? So I asked her, you know what? Excuse me. She repeated herself. Yeah, she was asking me what I do. So I said to her, um, what do you mean? Why are you asking? And she said, I'm looking for work. And I was stunned, I'll be honest. I was stunned. I never was like put in a situation that way. Now, let me explain to you listeners, if you don't know, if you've never tramped before, but when you're in a car with somebody, and a strange person, a stranger, and you're sitting right next to them, you're kind of in like an intimate setting. You're in like a private little room. You know how small a car is. You all ride cars with your spouses or your children. So you're pretty close. So you're sitting close with a stranger and the stranger asking you, what do you do? I'm looking for work. Um, I felt really bad for this poor woman. She gets in her car and asks for work. So I, I, I didn't know what to say. Uh, I told her I'm a fundraiser. And that was pretty much the end of that conversation. And, um, and then there was just silence. And I asked her what she did eventually, after like two or three minutes of silence, you know. And she told me she was an accountant. Or chechejbon, is how you say that. But she was very quiet. You know, I could barely hear her. She was, again, huddled over, looking at, the, at her lap, very um, strange and I, and sad. Sad is what I how I took it. Like this poor woman, you know. And um, I asked her if she lived in Afrat. That's where I picked her up at the Tzometagush. Uh, it's uh, the junction, the bus stop there. And she just said, "I said, do you live in Efrat?" She said, "Nope." <laughs> and that was it. There was silence the whole rest of the way. I let her off at some bus stop in Jerusalem. That was the end. But I, I, I really felt. What do I say? How can I say this? It's it's not just that I felt bad, but I felt like, wow. And I've said this before to you. There are people in Israel, Israelis, she was Israeli, you know, who have a very hard time in life. Um, We all have problems, right? We all do. And I guess I always think that my problems are worse and bigger and harder than everyone else's because I'm an Ole. And I don't know this and I don't have connections and I don't know the language and I don't know the culture and I didn't have any memories of Bnei Akiva. And I don't know the words to the songs. Right. I'm always telling you the the challenges I have. And we Olim have. okay. but, you know, Israelis have their share of problems, too. They may just be different. And this poor woman, you know, gets into a car. And the first thing she says is, what do you do? I'm looking for work. That's, you know, that's significant. And there are Israelis that I know that all of us know who do have problems with Parnassa, with paying the bills, maybe, you know, keeping their family together. There are all kinds of problems here. And um, we have to thank God that Hashem, I think gives us the problems for us and gives us the problems that we have to handle and that we have to fight on, you know, and, and life is, is hard sometimes. And I think God gives us the, the problems that are, right for us and appropriate for us. So I just had to, like, tell you that and share that with you, because I came home thanking God for the problems I have. Um, and that's my opening to all of you today. I'm going to bring on our guest. Our guest today is Martin Sinkoff, who um, is on one of my Aliyah chats. Martin made Aliyah from New York City in May 2019. Um, he lives in Tel Aviv. He's in his late 60s, and the first time he came to Israel with with a federation trip. He grew up Reform, a reformed Jew, became conservative later, and um, I think his first trip to Israel when he was an adult. So he's going to tell us all about what brought him here and how he's been doing with his, I guess, going on the third year of being Israeli. Martin, are you with us?
2: I'm here. Can Great. you hear me?
1: I hear you. We hear you loud and clear. Good. Thank you so much for joining us and for making me stop talking about that little uh, incident I had.
2: Thank you. But, thank you for having me. But yeah. uh, I'm, I, 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 your your incident is so interesting. I I, um, I, I, it 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 tore my heart a little bit uh, to, to hear this woman uh, ask you this question. And, yeah. and uh, certainly there are there are there are people to whom she could have been referred, uh, perhaps. Uh, to help her in some way. I don't know, but uh, in any case. Yeah. 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 It was
1: just, you know, it's, 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 Um, it caught me off guard, you know?
2: Correct. I could hear that. Yeah. 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 Because I'm driving. Totally I'm not,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not right. like this employment uh, You would employment have to pull over agency.
2: on the side and, 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 <laughs> you know, like, and actually talk to her.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And, you know, she was like, socially awkward. Okay, let me just say it. That's it, not correct, how you, yeah. right. It's not it's not how you right. approach anybody.
2: Right. Um, right, right, right. Well, that's part of her problem. That's why she's not right.
1: working. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, but you know what? So, you know, I I would love an accountant who wouldn't talk sure, sure, sure. and and shoot the breeze with me. Just do your job and go home. Great. That'd be great, you know. Right, so, right, right,
2: right. Got it.
1: But got we it. all have our we all have our challenges and um
2: No, what you said is very sweet.
1: Um yeah, you know, every day, I guess uh we we kind of could look at ourselves yeah or you could look outwards and
2: every, every problem is an opportunity on the other side
1: interesting I like that okay so you'll tell us um a bit about your uh, adventures since moving here in 2019 and why don't you uh just give us a little background where you're from how you ended up here and um what that process was like
2: uh, okay, so we have another 10 hours to talk about
1: this? <laughs> oh, I'll, believe me, when it gets boring, I'm going to
2: push you along. <laughs> you can mute me. <laughs> uh, the short story is is that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Natalie, already, I came in 2016 with the Jewish Federation of North America on a trip uh, because at that time I was uh, a member of uh, a... a, 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 a um, a committee member of uh, UJA Pride in New York. And uh, we learned that this trip was organized by UJA Washington, D.C., with, in cooperation with JFNA for uh, gay people from Canada and uh, the United States. All right. And I'm going to cut in the- right
1: there real quick because you're throwing a lot of words around. J.A., oh. UJA, FD.C., oh, I, I don't know okay. this stuff. Totally fine. Uh, totally okay. fine.
2: What's that- Okay, UJA is the, is United Jewish uh, P. O. Federation.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I'm oh. cutting in because I want to just explain to the audience that at okay. the American and the North American um, Jewish world, for those of you who don't know, you know, is very, and you jump in anytime, Martin, correct It's very well organized, you know? Correct. Right? Okay, correct. so it's yes. organized. And there's, like, yeah. committees and organizations, and there's the, I guess, you know, the higher well, UJ- ups and...
2: UJA New York, UJA New York, I think is the so federate. We call it federation. Federation New York is the largest fundraising Jewish fundraising organization in the world. Uh, Just New York, not UJA United States. UJA New York. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. It's a it's a it's a gigantic organization which does huge amounts of good all over the world. Every penny received to UJA goes outside. And it comes to Israel and it comes to other parts of the world and it comes and it comes to help uh, causes in the United States, of course. But uh, it's a very, very important organization. And it's part of uh, Jewish Federation of North America, which includes other federations uh, elsewhere in the United States. And I don't think Canada is called Federation, but I'm not sure about that. So that's that's kind of the uh, the the structure.
1: Mm Fine. Fine. Um, but yeah, sorry. No, so go ahead. So this, so this trip was one of organized by, you know, Jews in America. Uh, one of the, one of these federations,
2: right? Jews in America, North America, not just okay. the United States. So, okay. uh, we, we, it was a, a an absolutely terrific trip that was intended to introduce, um, people who didn't know Israel that well, I think really to Israel to the gay communities here, to gay organizations here and uh, to, uh, to see the work that UJA and the Jewish Federation of North America does in Israel. So it was not an exclusively, it wasn't a, it wasn't a party tour, it was a working tour to, to really see uh, how funds that are collected by UJA and Jewish Federation of North America are used to help people here in Israel okay and the trip was fantastic and uh as i told you natalie when we had our pre-interview or our interview we were treated like royalty i mean we met president rivlin who was president at the time we met uh, dahlia rabin uh yitzhak rabin's daughter who's head of the peace center we met the editor of haaretz uh never mind the politics of all of this uh but the point is is that we were really welcomed and um,
1: okay martin and hold we- that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break Okay. Um, and we'll be right back. Just just hold that. We'll, we'll, we'll jump right back into it when we get back after these messages. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're continuing our talk with Martin Sinkoff, who made Aliyah from New York City in May 2019. He's telling us how he came on this trip with Federation um, in 2016, his first trip to Israel, and they got, you know, treated like royalty, he's telling us. okay, Martin, a lot of people don't have that experience, I don't think. But let's uh, what what you know, how long did that trip last and what impact did it have on you?
2: Oh the, well, the trip—the trip was two weeks, as best I can remember—and and, and uh, I came home uh, to, the, to the United States to New York, and I said, "I'm I'm I'm going to move to Israel. I don't know when, but I'm going to I'm going to finish my life in Israel."
1: Mm-hmm. And uh,
2: that's what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. It was was it, there it,
1: any was there any mention of Aliyah on that trip? By the way, no. Interesting. No.
2: Nope. Yeah, not at all, for sure. No, nope. no, nope. yeah. it wasn't about Aliyah. No at right. all.
1: Right. And did anyone else uh did you talk about that with anybody on the trip?
2: I did not at that time because I didn't even think about it in that way. But other people on that trip, uh I know at least one person who made Aliyah before I did. Uh so one other person at least uh made Aliyah.
1: That's great. That's great to hear. I think it's very unusual. Very unusual. Yeah. Um okay. So good. You you left. You thinking I'm gonna end my life there? That's how it was.
2: Fine. Yeah, I know that sounds very creepy, but uh, <laughs> the point is, is that I'm going. Okay, let me put it in a better way. I'm going to move to Israel and I'm going to retire in Israel, and that's where that's the next phase of my life. How's that? Wonderful. Kind
1: of good. Right. That sounds. That's fine. That's fine. Um. And and you did. So you did. You got yourself well, together I'm, and I'm, you came. I'm doing. <laughs> well, you're here.
2: Right. You did. I mean, it, yes. it took you only a few eyes. years. Correct. Yeah. Not Correct. not long at all. Correct.
1: Um. Good. Okay. so you you live in Tel Aviv and tell me, you know, the step by step Aliyah hardships that you've had to go through, because uh, Tel Aviv is, you know, it's it's not New York City, right?
2: Correct. It's Um, easy finding an
1: apartment. apartment. Good. Well, good. You're going to tell us how.
2: Okay. so uh, uh, okay. So again, Natalie, you need to guide me. But um, after I decided to make Aliyah uh, for all kinds of reasons, uh, I contacted Nefesh Benefesh and I really followed their advice for good and for bad uh, because there was some good advice and some not so great advice but one of the good uh, bits of advice uh, my counselors gave me there was number one try and make some pre-Aliyah visits to Israel. See different parts of Israel if you want to. I knew I wanted to live in Tel Aviv so I didn't need to go to the north or go to Jerusalem or go to any, or Haifa or any other city. I knew I was going to be in, in Tel Aviv. So I came to Tel Aviv uh, four times uh, before making Aliyah mm-hmm. to see different neighborhoods, to see different, uh, to make some contacts in the wine trade, which is my business, to, to, to kind of test the water mm-hmm. and to be uh, to be by myself without the coddling of a big tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're on a tour, you have you're, you're in a bubble, uh, right. as I was in 2016. So here right. I was on my own. I had to deal with apartments and Airbnbs and and this thing and that thing. Mm-hmm. So I got a sense of real life in Tel Aviv, and it did not uh, damp my enthusiasm at all. Yeah, that's what. But it also uh, gave me. Sorry? Go
1: ahead. No, I was going to no, say it, I I could see how that could. Um, it could turn people pay- off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it did not at all, quite the opposite. And then uh, uh, then I made Aliyah. And uh, basically, I was very prepared in some ways for the procedure of, getting, of, of booking my flight, making my flight, uh, arriving at the airport, uh, getting my Tehudad Zahut, the, the identity card. Uh, and then I was in. Now, uh, <laughs> then the problems began.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. You're so funny. You know, you're talking about the airport. And the, no, who cares? You know, like, that's easy. That's nothing. That's just physical logistics. You know, that's- no,
2: no, no. But Natalie, Natalie, you, you you go to this. You're 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 shunted into a little office with Russian speaking uh, officials who okay. don't speak very good. In- my name in Hebrew, my name in English is Martin Joseph Sinkov. They completely misspelled, and this happens all the time to Olim. They completely misspelled Joseph. Okay, so now but, okay, in, now, but who, now, the, the point oh is, the, no. Uh, let me just tell you the story. The point is, the point is, is that uh, you, you're, you're 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 you you are confronted by all kinds of surprises at every single moment from the from the minute you arrive at Ben Gurion Airport, and uh, I had already prepared. To have an Airbnb uh, for my first several months, six, uh, two months, to get myself situated. And mm-hmm. that's what I did. And that was good because I had a very good host with Airbnb who was exceedingly helpful.
1: Okay, this uh, is very smart. That was very smart that you did that. I want everyone right. listening. We have a lot of guests who come on here and they talk about the finding the perfect home, finding the perfect community, no, buying no, a no, house. No,
2: no, no. Yeah. Get an Airbnb or 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 a, if you've afford it, you know, a hotel for a couple of weeks, months, uh, you know, maybe even an inexpensive hotel. But someplace where you can, because once you get out of the airport, you're by yourself mm-hmm. and you want to go to someplace comfortable. Uh, you want to you want to have an address for that taxi. Take me here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when mm-hmm. you get there, if you can be met by someone like an Airbnb host, let me let you in. Let me show you the apartment. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary, especially as i as i was alone i didn't have a family i didn't have anyone right. i could call you know right. an uncle a cousin uh uh any mishpacha, any family who who could come meet me no right. I, I i arrived by myself right so for anyone arriving by him or herself that's what i would recommend uh, Excellent. in some ways you know in advice. other words, i i rec- i recommend the that, you ent- that, that anyone who's making uh, uh, Aliyah anticipate what it's going to feel like when you get off the plane. When you, when you are actually at a Ben-Gurion, you're standing in front of the taxi stand and you say, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Right. If you don't have a plan at that point, you're going to be very, very unhappy. You have your bags in tow. Where do I go? There's no one to ask, and and uh, no, you have to be prepared. You must right. be prepared for that right. moment.
1: That's right. You have to be an adult. That's correct. Right. And you don't go anywhere in this world unprepared. People go on trips. You don't do this whole "I'll see what happens." No, no, no. Have, have a plan. I mean, you you're can right. do that
2: when you're 20, but not when yeah. you're well, not when you're not later. Yeah. Also,
1: you know, you you you're not traveling here. You're you're moving. You know, correct. you're coming to a new home. Correct. You're starting a new life. Correct. You do correct. You don't do it correct. that way. Correct. Yeah.
2: And I did not. Uh, since we're getting into the details of uh, Aliyah, I brought only my clothes and the clothes that I thought I needed. In New York, I gave away a lot of clothing, clothing I knew I would not need, beautiful New York suits and business clothes and jackets. And I put almost everything else in my apartment in storage. I didn't plan to do what is called here a lift, a container coming here, because I didn't have an apartment here yet. And I still have things in storage. And I'm just now, after three and a half years, sorting out what I have in New York, what I'm still going... More things that I'm going to sell or donate and some things that I'm going to bring here. Okay. Because you cannot make those decisions. Again, unless you're a family and you have purchased an apartment or rented an apartment and you need your whole household coming here. I'm speaking as a single man. Mm-hmm. So it, will, it really... My experience is not the experience of a young family coming with their children uh, right. who are going to make the lift right away. I, I, I really can't speak to that experience. Uh, I'm speaking as a, as a single Olay, yeah. uh, female or male, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Very good uh, advice you're saying. Very yeah. good.
1: It's very good yeah. what you're saying. Um, Almost like, you know, don't plan your entire life from the the minute you get here. Just no, take a suitcase, no. you know. Take, take
2: take take the take the minimum that you need so that you're not encumbered at the airport, right. and you can and you can start step by step by step by step by step. It's like a long ladder, a long sulam, a long set of right. stairs.
1: Right, and that's right. Little
2: by little, you learn, you know what what to do.
1: Okay, so um, you kind of knew the lay of the land a little bit because you had done those two trips, and that's very four um, trips. Oh wow, that's well, that's that's a luxury right. a, a lot of people don't have. So what would you say? to someone who just can't do it for whatever reason they can't afford it financially. They are, they're there. They have commitments. They want to make alia, and they're not going to be able to do these little pilot trips. What would you say to the single person, a, a oh, 23 year old, a 35 year old,
2: you know, 23, who, twenty a 23 year old will have fewer issues because uh generally 23 year olds or younger people are more flexible in their lives and they have uh, lower you know they don't they don't they haven't they have fewer expectations about what and, and fewer needs unless they've been brought up in, in great luxury but right. um so I, I really can't speak to the experience of a 23 year old it's like if if i were 23 making aliyah i would go into the army right. that's the first place i would go yeah to get oriented to israel right. and to really learn hebrew Right. So uh, that's, that's a completely okay. different, different kind of, uh, experience. That is true. Uh, but okay. I would, if I were, if I were in my early twenties or, or late teens and I really wanted to make Aliyah, I would go right to the IDF.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but we can't, we're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who right. comes later. You're you're so in your late sixties.
2: Right. So someone who comes late. Well, first of all, uh, right. I'm, I'm in my late sixties now, but, uh, you know 50s 40s it's it's kind of the same thing in a certain right. way An you adult. Know, if, you're, if you're coming yeah. in, right as you're coming in you've had a career in the united states or you have a career in the united states some people come here uh with a career and they bring their career with them and they can work off uh, you know online and so on that's also not my experience you know i i came with a blank slate, uh, okay. I had finished my career in the United States, mm-hmm. and I was ready to start a new business here in the, in the, in Israel. So that's again something that's different because I know many people here who uh, have many co- who have still contacts with their Canadian companies or their uh, American companies or their French companies, and and they work with these companies here. They're they're attorneys who can deal with dossier. Uh, because it's a paper document, and they they, okay. they send it okay. to the Home office. Okay, Martin, we got. So, so. We're
1: taking one more break, and then we'll be okay. back. We're going to talk about your career. We'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're going to dive into uh, Martin's story a little bit on a professional level. Now, Martin is just telling us. All the details of when he got here as a single adult and very, very, very good advice for all you listening, how he took an Airbnb and, you know, got to the airport and actually had a plan. Very, very good advice for all you listening. Have a plan and not just a grand plan, not just a long term plan, but a short term plan. And that's what Martin did. And um Martin, thank you for sharing us that very valuable information. It's thank stuff you. we just overlook, I think. I think we just overlook it. You know, people look back, and they uh, they, they look at just you know they forget these the, the nitty gritty of the day to day things that that they really had to take care of. Um, it's like you need a checklist. I think a
2: checklist would be great. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Tell us but one uh, thing that one yeah. thing
2: Natalie. Before we get into uh, my work which I'm happy to share, of course, there's one thing that you and I discussed in our in our interview before the program that I cannot stress enough and that I think is absolutely essential. And it's one word, Hebrew. <laughs> it is very important for any ole. It, you do, you don't expect it, if you do not speak Hebrew before you come, at least familiarize yourself with the sounds and some words Put it in your ear, put it in your mind, mm-hmm. take some lessons. Don't be afraid. Understand that um, it's a very difficult language for those of us who did not grow up with it, even if you went to Hebrew school as I did, unless you had a, a, a really a, a Jewish school where you had Hebrew classes all the time. And it is the single most important tool you can have to integrate well into Israel even if you are never fluent even if you cannot read the newspaper right away even if even if even if yeah. you need to have this tool in your back pocket and you need to work on the tool like like a like a pencil that you sharpen every day in some way whether you go to ulpan or whether you have private lessons or whether you work on it but don't push it away because if you do you will be outside of Israeli culture, society, relationship. It's, it's, it's absolutely essential that people understand that you understand something, that you can go to a store and, and buy tomatoes and cauliflower and, and milk and, and yeah. juice or whatever. So, right. so this, in, in the plan for new olim, put at the very top of the list, learn Hebrew. don't feel that you need to be perfect you will not be perfect if you don't have if you don't have some background but dive in
1: yeah
2: go slowly but get into the cold water with your feet first walk in and 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 take that as a major major responsibility don't don't accept when people say oh everyone in israel speaks english don't worry about it no do not do not heed that it is false And is wrong, and it will hinder you. If you come with that attitude,
1: that's right. You said so. Very, very good advice. And one thing you said: don't push it away. Uh, That is the most valuable thing to take. Don't push it away. It's not poison. It's not painful. It's like an instrument. Okay. When you play the piano, you start with the scales. Correct. Perfect Perfect,
2: perfect analogy. Yeah. Exactly. It's like learning learning piano. You're going to make mistakes. They're going to be bad chords the key is to have fun with it because it is an amazing language and uh exactly like a piano just enjoy it enjoy it make a mistake but 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 make a ding dong ding dong
1: (laughs) (laughs) right and 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 uh you know any way you can do it do it now um some people have a very good ear you know but and they don't read so well so listen to commercials listen to you know songs Listen to a podcast. There are lots
2: There are lots of doors that you yeah. can open. Yeah. Just op- yeah. open the doors that seem right for you.
1: Yeah. Now, Martin also said something um, that he, he may have used different words, but what he means is if you don't speak or understand Hebrew, you're going to you're not really going to be part of society. And you can't participate in society. Now, correct. it's it's not so essential that you all have Israeli friends and maybe you'll only have friends who speak your language and that's fine. But even to participate in a minimal way, correct, going to the store, you want to be able to talk to the cashier. You want to be able to ask what things are on sale. You want to be able to ask when they're getting, you know, the soy milk that you like. You you want to be able to participate in society because this is going to be your new Society, you know, you don't want to be an outsider. You don't want to be correct out completely outside. You're going to be a foreigner. You're going to have an accent. All right. We th- nothing we can do. You know, we're all Lots foreigners of people have accents. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. But you want to be able to communicate and, and participate. And um, just like it's hard, you know, when my children are at the table and they're speaking Hebrew, you know, completely insulting each other, talking about politics. Um, you know, just the the slang. There's just no end to the slang. I'm laughing because it's it's so uh, crude the way they talk. I'm laughing my head off and my husband is not laughing. Okay, he can't follow. He's he he doesn't he he exactly what Martin says. He's he pushed he pushes that away because it's uncomfortable for him. He's going to hate me for saying that, but it's true. He doesn't like open the door. And you need to open the door, and you and you can't be so proud. I think it's a lot of it is pride. You know, it's hard oh, to I be. I
2: don't. I don't think it's pride. I think it's fear.
1: Ah, I think it's pride, but okay. I think that's a very yeah, fine a line. It's, a, both, it's yeah. a very fine line because Correct. it's hard. It's hard to um to start at the bottom. Correct. You no, know? and Correct. to be the dumbest person in the room, it's a, it's hard.
2: Correct. 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 You're yeah. absolutely right. No, no, yeah. you're absolutely right. One hundred percent.
1: I hate it, you know. I I, uh, was in front of the Yeshuv a couple years ago. There was a vote about something, and I wanted to speak, and I lost my nerve.
2: Right. And a friend
1: of mine told me, "What? You? Are you kidding?" (laughs) And I was like, "Look, I kind of, you know, when I'm on this, right? When I'm on the spot, oh, and I have to speak Hebrew, and I have to be eloquent, and it's, you know, emotional." And I have to be successful. Um, It's not as easy in Hebrew as it is in English. And even in English, it's hard. You know, public speaking isn't something everybody can do. Just because you speak English doesn't mean you speak English well in front of a crowd. Correct?
2: Correct. 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 So
3: in Hebrew? I will will say,
2: I I know we're we're going a little bit uh, sideways here, but I will tell you, see, I speak fluent French as well. And what I've learned uh, as I'm coming into my fourth year is that. Uh, I can use all three of my languages, Hebrew, French, and English. And when I have trouble in one, I use another. Good. And Israelis love that. They <sighs> absolutely love that. And it has made me, in a certain way, more Israeli. It's made me an Israeli. Because if I am in a store and I say, and I read, I, I often bring a product to the cashier and I say, Mazot merit, what is this? Good. Good. Or I say, I say, the yogurt. And I I asked people in the store, you know, who are just shopping. I said, "Mazen," you know, and, and you, a friend of mine said, when you ask for help in Israel, you always get help. You always get help. So the key is not to be afraid or proud and dive in, dive in. Uh, And when you, when you miss a word in Hebrew, Use a word in English, or and yep. ask someone. You know, right. how do you say this? How do you say this? And, and right. He, Those
1: are little, yeah, little phrases like this, like like Martin's saying "maze" means "what is this." That is it's an acceptable sentence. Okay, that's something you need to know. Um, what "maze merit What does this yes. say exactly? Little little phrases, um, very very valuable. And and you now you're telling us that you switch to English and French, but And you also said something funny. You said Israelis love it. Now, I don't know if they love it. I use this as a tool. Okay. I use this to put them in a weak position. And um, Ah,
2: that's an interesting point.
1: Yeah. Ah, I use that. And and, then I tell my husband as well if they're giving you a problem, do not speak Hebrew. You speak English.
2: You Ah, advocate. That's that's a different point. You're absolutely right. When I encounter a serious problem with an Israeli, I turn to English. Absolutely. Because yeah. I know I can control the situation. So, yeah. and they understand that yeah. it puts them in a weaker situation. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. They do it to us and we can do it to them. And it's you the greatest it. part. It's the greatest thing about being an English speaker because they think we are in Hollywood. They think, and I say they, it's not fair to say they, but a lot right, of Israelis right. are You're provincial. Right. Okay. They've never been on an airplane. They've never been to America. They don't speak English. They only speak, you know, they only learn English when they're in fourth grade. They they think it's like uh, some other culture. You know, they think we're all movie stars, some of these people. So <laughs> you can you can milk that and you can use that. And they don't know. They Correct. don't know um, what the, the, the as, as sophisticated, as complicated in English you can do. Use it because you they are. Use at it. A complete, when
2: you, use, it yeah. use it when you need it. I yeah. I And I will tell you, I exactly as you said, in situations of conflict, Uh, I sometimes use English or often use English because I won't be able to express my problem uh, in Hebrew. Right. And so I won't solve the problem. That's the key: is to try and find a solution. It is a tactic.
1: It is a negotiation tactic used all over the world. Uh, If you could go make a humongous, you know, multi-million-dollar presentation to a bunch of uh, Japanese businessmen, and if they don't understand it, they're gonna—they won't say a word. You can go through the whole presentation for forty-five minutes. They won't say a word because they're too polite. And at the correct. very end, they'll be like, um, so, "You know, they'll say something in Chinese, and you'll realize they didn't understand a word
2: in Japanese." If they're
1: Japanese, in Japanese correct. <laughs> they they will remove the wind from your sails, is what I'm saying. And you can remove the wind from the from the sails of a hyper or an obnoxious or a you know both. Right, but there are, two,
2: there are two there are two situations. One is the is a situation of conflict, which we we talking about. But the other situation which is not a situation of conflict is business and that is another thing that olim can understand is that uh and unfortunately for olim who are not native english speakers it is english although yeah it's english so if you're in a business negotiation or if you have a business it is widely accepted especially if you are not a non you are not a native hebrew speaker for you to conduct the meeting in English, very accepted. And you are then on very firm ground. And in my business, I only use English when I'm talking to my customers or well, with my clients, my clients are Europeans. So I speak in their language, but with my customers here in Israel, I speak only in English because otherwise I, 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 I can't control the meeting.
1: Mm-hmm. So isn't that funny? You started the whole this whole segment talking about how important it is to have Hebrew, and here we are saying, what a great advantage it is to have English. It's both.
2: No, 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 no. But it both the, both are important. The point That's is right. to know, as you said, uh, they're tools. Right. Language is a tool. You need to right. know when to use which tool.
1: That's right. That's right. And you and you need to sometimes. You know, you can be deceptive. Um,
2: no, no, no. You can never be deceptive. No, 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 no.
1: Listen, just listen. No, no, no. Not in a bad way. But not everybody knows how good your Hebrew is. They don't know necessarily, and maybe they don't need to know. Sometimes they talk in front of you like you're an idiot, right? They don't know what you know.
2: Well, of course, of course, of course. But um, uh, I'm not into deception. Let me put it that way. (laughs) Well, that's
1: that's yeah, that's not that's not uh, the point. I'm just saying it's language. Language is a tool. And you learn to, you know, you don't have this when everybody sees the same language. It's great in Israel, you know, people are multilingual
2: here. It's great. But I but I, I go I go back to what I said earlier. Hebrew is capital, Hebrew is vital, Hebrew Hebrew yep. is essential. Yeah. Uh it's a tool that you must have. Yeah. However sharp or blunt it is for you, keep sharpening it. Yeah. But but understand that you must have you must have that tool.
1: Yeah. And it's not something to push away. That was a
2: good point. Absolutely not. So
1: tell us about your um, business, how you how you managed over here and and ended one thing and started another thing. A lot of people that is a breaking point for them um, can't come to Israel because I can't have work today. It's not as prevalent because of the uh, Zoom and the Internet and everything makes you can work anywhere. But for many, many years, um, that was a big stumbling block. How did you overcome it?
2: Well, the first thing I would say has nothing to do with Israel. It has to do, if you were to move anywhere, uh, stay with your uh, with your expertise. If you're a teacher, be a teacher. If you're a carpenter, be a carpenter. If you are a uh, car mechanic, be a car mechanic. In other words, you bring your expertise with you. Right. Uh, don't think... In my opinion, I shouldn't say don't. It's very imperative to imagine that you're going to come to Shangri-La, Israel, and be in the high-tech industry if you know nothing about high-tech is a total (laughs) Right. right, Uh, right, It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You may become a secretary in a high-tech firm, male or female, or you may become a I don't know what. But uh, you're not going to get a high-tech job uh, if you don't have some experience in high-tech, whatever that means, because high-tech is a huge umbrella that covers a gazillion things Mm -hmm. so the key is to 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 stay with what if you were x in the united states or in canada or in some other country you want to be x here in unless you hated doing that and then you want a new career well then you have to get new training in a new in a new job the same as you would do in your home country right Uh, but if you liked what you were doing and were good at it then you want to like doing it here and be good at it here. And that's what I did. Uh, I, I've been in the wine business my entire life. And when I came here, <clears throat> excuse me, I started thinking about how I could apply my, my skills and my expertise. <clears throat> Hold on. I'm going to get a little just sip of water. Okay. Um, All
1: <clears> right.
2: <throat> <throat> <clears throat> yeah. How hey, I could apply my, my, Yeah. Uh, how I could apply my skills and uh, expertise here. And I stumbled for the first two years. Uh, I started, I talked to many uh, Israeli wineries and they said, Martin, we love you and and we know about you, but we don't need you here. We need you in the United States. If you want to sell our wine, if you want to represent us, we don't need you doing it from Israel. Mm
0: -hmm. We
2: have people who can do that. We need you in the United States or we need you somewhere else. So I realized, well, that's not going to work. And then, uh, so I basically like a little bit like a blind man or like a mole, you know, I kept pressing here and there. What about this? What about that? And uh, I came and and through many connections, I I, I came across one customer. I I came to one customer here in Israel, a big company. Uh, I'm not gonna mention it because it it doesn't matter. And they were interested in buying Bordeaux from me.
1: hmm.
2: And uh, when that happened, it started the process of understanding how I could work in Israel Isn't because, that what, interesting. Ha- because you... what, what that brought to me was the fact that I was not going to be working for an Israeli company, which I didn't want to do anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
2: nor was I going to be working. I was going to be independent. As and, and what I what I what I came to was to become an independent agent, a sales agent. For European companies who wanted representation in Israel. So the way I work is very simple. I get a commission from my clients in Europe, in France, Spain, Portugal, and, and I have one client in California. And when I make, when I secure a relationship for them here in Israel and the Israeli customer buys, I get a commission on the sales, on mm-hmm. the invoice. So, so I, I, I'm completely sales. independent, uh-huh. but I am working with companies, uh, my clients in in France and Spain and Portugal, and California are people companies I've worked with for years and years and years and years. Okay. So I'm working with my friends, which is the the greatest pleasure in the world. Yeah. And here in Israel, I'm just I am opening doors. Mm-hmm. I keep I, I keep working with people and I say, whom else can I talk to? I talk to retailers, I talk to restaurateurs okay and 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 i and i say you know <clears throat> whom else can i talk to about this wine or this wine or this wine? or this producer is it's not easy it's how you can tell you it's not easy uh-huh. but it's very stimulating and and i'm having a great time doing it i'm not making a lot of money doing it but i'm having a great time doing it we'll see okay, so that's Maybe. very
1: good you've used you used your pre-existing knowledge and connections is what you did and um developed right. your own business and for all of you listening, um, you, you said a, very, a, a few valuable things here, Martin. You said whatever you're good at, whatever your career is, you know, keep it if you're good at it and you like it. OK, and that's true anywhere, wherever you move. It, it's true. You know, if you're going to move to France, what are you going to do? Become a ballet dancer. Come on, Correct. you know, exactly. if you're a legal assistant exactly. in one place, you're going to do the same thing somewhere else if you're good at it. And if you can, you know, if you like it, uh, yeah, I like it. Good at it. Hopefully you're good at what you like and you, you're, you, you get you learn you're to like, like what, you're, what you're, good. you're good at. Right. Right. Correct. Right. Right. Um, at least enough right. to, to at least, you know, put food on the table. Correct. But another thing um, that you I think did was you you didn't um, you didn't give up. And Correct. and I, I think that's very because you're an older person and you probably have gone through challenges before. You know how to pick yourself up if you fall down. Um, and it's very important to do that when you move to a new country like Israel and some people might think it's just going to be a walk in the park. Oh, it's, it's oh, Israel. Everyone's you know, everyone's going to be, love me. I think some people might have these false expectations.
2: It's the but, walk in the dark, rainy forest. <laughs> right,
1: And and I think what you what you did is so smart because you kind of just like kept pushing around that that familiar room. Like something here is going to click. Something here is going to click and and your attitude is is everything. You know, the attitude is 95% correct. of the success correct. here.
2: No, Um, I I wanted to be here, and uh, even though there there were days of tremendous frustration, generally, uh, and it goes back to your original story, Natalie, uh, that you started the program with, generally, every problem, every obstacle that I faced taught me something. Uh, It doesn't mean that it was easy. It doesn't mean that I enjoyed it. but when I pulled myself back from the problem, I realized, "Ah, next time don't do that, or next time now you know this is the issue and in little things and big things uh, and so I- in a certain way, uh it's a pleasure of it's it's like every day is going to school uh, in a new culture and i'm and 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 that is just so enjoyable, so enjoyable, yeah even though once again it can it it, it comes with uh a host of frustrations and some pain, yeah. uh, because uh, not everything is easy. And you go to a, you know, you go to the doctor's office. And I could go, I could tell you all of the the issues. But think, no, you, you're learning. You yes. and you know what that it, it, when you learn, when you when you keep learning, you 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 stay alive. That's you right. Stay, you stay that, vibrant. You stay healthy. That's right. That's right. Not You just, push. You're not pushing. Just mentally healthy, but physically healthy.
1: Yep. Yep. You're saying all these. I'm just nodding my head, like uh-huh, uh-huh. Everything is hard. Everything's a fight, and everything keeps you young and it keeps you moving and keeps you correct. like vital. It's just correct. You know, it's never boring here. It's just not boring.
2: No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, not boring. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not boring. And and some people think God, it's such a, it's so difficult. Well, yeah, you know, God gave us this land, you know, to work, and every day is work. But it's a, cha- it's a, it's like it's like a beautiful challenge. Right. Um, it's so. It's impressive. all how you look at it. It really is. And and I remember the first couple of years when I would go visit my parents, and I would see them, and they would have friends come to see us, and they would say to me, "Natalie, we're, you know, Israel fits works on you. Like what they said something funny. Israel looks good on you, or Israel suits ah, you, and and." Ah. And I, that's what they meant. They meant I looked healthy. I was glowing because yep.
2: I, I, it's interesting you say that because I, yeah. I, I people say the same thing to me almost in exactly oh, those words. Yeah, Israel. I, I I hear all the time. Israel agrees with you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I it's not something that I can see or or understand. I know it internally. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I'm uh, I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm so so happy to be. Yeah. here. Yeah.
1: Even on the hard days, it's it's something to write about. You know. Um, yeah. It, there it really there are is hard never. Days. Listen, I lived in New <laughs> <laughs> York
2: City. There, of course, there are plenty of hard days in New York. City. Of
1: course, but but you know that's what I was going to ask you. You know, you lived in New York City, you live in the Tel Aviv, and city life is a certain pace, okay? But is it different? Do do you feel that it's different in Tel Aviv than in New York? I want people to hear oh, this gosh. because totally. I know it oh, is one hundred percent hell. So so can you oh, like?
2: I mean, uh, comparing? No, it's a completely different city. I mean, I'll just tell you what my day was today. I. I I had uh, some appointments this morning and uh, and then I did some work at home because I work from my 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 apartment Uh, and it was a it's a beautiful day in Tel Aviv today. Uh, And uh, I decided and I I, every day in the summertime, I go to the beach uh, Mm -hmm. for at least a little while to get a swim. And I just living by the beach is just makes Tel Aviv an enormously special city because even beach cities, and I've never been to Perth, Australia, uh, but New York is not really a beach city. It's a city in the water, but you have to live in far Rockaway and, and faraway places to be right at the beach. In Tel Aviv, we're all right by the beach if we're right. in the city, practically. Okay. Uh, Miami, you have to live at Miami Beach. If you live in Coconut Grove in Miami, you're not at the beach,
1: right.
2: and you're not close to the beach. So, uh, and if you live in Los Angeles, if you're not in Venice or, 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 or Santa Monica, Uh, You're not at the beach. If you're in Beverly Hills, you're not at the beach uh, or other neighborhoods or Brentwood or so on. You're far away from the beach and you're not going to go every day uh, or you can go some days. But in Tel Aviv, you can go every day for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, an hour. And today, because I've been missing the beach because it's been cool, I decided just to take because I I use the electric scooters. That's how I get around town, Mm -hmm. which is such a great pleasure. And I took a big, uh, scooter ride all the way north to practically the old port in Tel Aviv. And then, but I, I went along Dizengoff Street for, I wanted to see something on Dizengoff, which is the big boulevard in Tel Aviv. And then I came down on the beach side and came uh, along the beach with the sun shining and just being in the, in the beach and the air. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: such a such a wonderful experience, and and I mean you, it's not comparable to New York. I lived on the Upper West Side in New York, which is a wonderful neighborhood and which I enjoyed. And I was right next to Riverside Park, right next to the Hudson River. Not it's, it's not different. even comp. Yeah, it's, it's different. completely different. It has its, its own pleasures, but it's, it's right. not. It's not. And and the weather is cold, and I like the warm weather. And, and it's very
1: different. You're, you're talking yeah. about the beach, but but um, you it's know your daily, different. yeah, your daily the the sounds and the sights. Are very smells. different. Yes, it's Correct. just very different here. Um, Correct. And and that's something it may be hard to describe, but that's you know a, a good you know way we can end the show. You know, Martin started by telling us he came here four times before he met Alia. Now, if you can do that, if you have the schedule, if you have the flexibility, if you have the finances, I I suggest you you do that. That's just great that you did that. At least once um, or
2: twice if you can.
1: Yeah. I mean that's just that's just amazing, you know. And come here for vacation, you know? Make Israel Correct. your vacation and, Correct. And, and and use it as a as a as a sample, you know, or like a tryout, right? A dry run. Um and Correct. get familiar with the sights and sounds, get familiar with the way Hebrew sounds, get familiar with the bus schedule, get familiar with the with the um, weather. Uh, it's great if you can do that. Um it, it makes the final move, right? The the permanent move, I guess, easier and um, more of an adventure and less of a you know d- scary.
2: Well, let, I think less of a shock. You know, yeah. in other words, you right. You 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 you, you won't. Uh, I, I mean, I, I hit the, the major wall. I hit, and I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. The the major wall I hit, and and you said it too, Natalie, was feeling in the first several months that I was illiterate, I couldn't communicate, uh, because I didn't command. I didn't have the the tool of Hebrew,
1: uh,
2: enough to use. And that, that was, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that feeling of of almost of being suffocated Mm -hmm. because I couldn't express myself. So, so, uh, if you make at least one or two trips, um, You can avoid that experience, which is very, very unpleasant. All right. Uh, That's
1: a very good way. That's a very good point. And if if anyone listening today takes one thing away, take that. All right. Learn Hebrew. Start now. Start by listening to a podcast. Start. I'll tell you one. There's one called Streetwise Hebrew. Great podcast. that's,
2: That's very it's a wonderful podcast, but it's a high end. But yes, it's very good. Very, you know,
1: very listen good. to it. Listen to it over and over. It's fine. Right, right, but, right. But yeah, get familiar with Hebrew. Um, listening to this station is not going to help you with Hebrew, but it's going to tell you about Israel. All right. And <laughs> you got to you've got to learn Hebrew and and you can do it. Everyone can do it. I don't want to hear I can't do it. I'm not good at languages. I'm too old. Nonsense.
2: Correct. Correct. Everyone the can Korea. do it.
1: My yep. mom can do it. It's yep. not that hard. Yep. One step at a time. That's right. One <laughs> sentence at a time. I mean, even banana is the same in Hebrew. OK, don't say you can't do it. You can. I want right. to thank you, Martin. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. I, I would love Natalie, to have you back. So
2: nice to meet you. Um, and, and,
1: could, and, you know, uh, good luck with your career. I, I just love thank I, you. I just love this. And we, we will have you back. And I'd like to hear how things develop in the future. Okay? Very
2: good. And then, and and best wishes to all your listeners.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much.
2: OK, have
1: a great good week. Good night. Bye bye.